Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. Folks, this week I want to talk about agricultural jobs in South Africa because this past week we received important data painting quite an encouraging picture about what are the employment conditions looking like in South Africa. For the third quarter of this year, agricultural jobs were up 10% on year-on-year basis with around 956,000 people working in primary agriculture. Now, if you take this number and you compare with the second quarter of this year, it is up 7%. And it is also well above the long-term average, which is around about 793,000 people. If you look over the past 10 years and you say, Uh, what's the long-term average, that's the number that you're looking at. So which means that the employment conditions this time around in South Africa have been quite robust in the agricultural sector. Now, it's not clear if much of that, large part of that is permanent or is temporary. I would say that it's seasonal jobs because of the increased agricultural activity that we saw in the fields this year. I've talked a bit about the favorable conditions of the 2022-23 season. Either one is looking at summer grains, that's your maize, soybeans, sunflowers, all of that was looking reasonably well across South Africa. In fact, saying reasonably well is probably an understatement. We had the second largest grains harvest in the history of South Africa. And so numbers on employment that are looking like this is no surprise. That's the one part. But of course, we know that the grains and the oil seeds don't create a bulk of jobs. A bulk of jobs in South Africa's agriculture comes from the fruit, vegetable, and the wine industry. So horticulture and wine, that's where you see a bulk of jobs. And if you look at the numbers that are coming out of the various commodity associations that are focused on the fruits, their performance this year looks also quite decent, which explains again the improvement in activity that we see in the jobs. Now, if you were to zoom in to be specific within the field crop side, I mean, our maize crop for the 2022-23 season was up 6% with a second largest crop of about 16.4 million tons. In soybeans, we saw a record crop of about 2.8 million tons, while if you were to think about the sugarcane, we saw a crop that is 3% higher than the previous season with about 18.5 million tons of sugarcane. And of course, then the fruit, as I've said, we saw also decent yields there. And this explains, of course, then this increased activity in employment. Part of this being uh, short-term or seasonal work, but nonetheless, it paints this optimistic picture that we see in the agricultural sector. Of course, this paints a bit of a conundrum because there's been uh, much fears because of the increase in minimum wage about what will happen in the sector, which is why my sense is that some of this work may happen, that it's seasonal work, because those uh, minimum wage fears that we we talked about at the start of the year is something that the farmers are still concerned about if you were to look at their input cost component, particularly the folks that are in the horticultural space. Now, the question could be, where are these jobs in South Africa coming from? What provinces are we seeing this employment? The Western Cape, Eastern Cape, Northern Cape, KwaZulu-Natal, Northwest, Gauteng are some of those provinces that actually drove this uptick in employment. 
Meanwhile, if you were to think about Free State, Mpumalanga and Limpopo saw a marginal decline in the jobs. But of course, then the increase in the other provinces overshadowed all of those declines that were registered in the Free State, Limpopo and Mpumalanga, which is why we came up with this robust employment that is up 10% year-on-year basis in the third quarter of this year, with almost a million people working in the agricultural sector. And perhaps maybe I might say that it was only in the early 90s where we once saw numbers like this, where we had people nearly in the millions working in the agricultural sector. So to see employment conditions that are looking like this, it's something that one, of course, um, is happy about, while at the same time equally worried about the sustainability of some of this employment, thinking about the tough economic conditions that the sector faces. But then the next question could be to say within the value chains of agriculture, where are these jobs coming from? We know about the geography, the Capes uh, province, as well as uh, uh, Northwest Gauteng with the ones that were leading this employment. But in as far as the value chains, where are they coming from? And this is exactly on what I've said that on a field crops because of the good crop that we've had on a horticulture industry and some of the other important role players in this was the forestry and the aquaculture sector, which also added to this employment in jobs in the third quarter of this year. Meanwhile, if you were to think about the livestock and the poultry industry, we saw a decline in employment. And of course, this is unsurprising because this is a subsector that has actually struggled a lot. Uh, last segment, for example, before this one, talked about the biosecurity issues in South Africa, which is the foot and mouth disease in the cattle industry, avian influenza in our poultry, African swine fever in our pig industry. These are all of the factors that have undermined performance um, in this sector. You can listen to that podcast to dive deep on understanding what are some of the risks that this presents, what does it mean for our exports, and what does it mean in general for the health of our South African agricultural economy. Because the livestock industry makes up about half of our agricultural economy. So when there are all of these animal diseases, this is something that we worry a lot about. So I hope you click on after finishing this podcast to the previous one if you haven't listened to it and get a sense of what um, is our perspective on that. Of course, then we did see also a decline in employment in the game industry and to an extent even in facilities that are producing organic fertilizer. This is the other area that I saw a bit of an underperformance. I can still underscore the point that uh, the livestock and the poultry sector, yes, is struggling now with animal diseases, but this comes on the backdrop of already tough environment with higher feed costs. So it's a combination of that. As the farmers escaped the feed costs, the maize and the soybean prices started to come down, there was the intensification of these animal diseases, which further worsens the, the, the conditions there. But overall, I would say the improvement in the jobs and employment in sector is unsurprising in a way because we've known that we had a robust field crop, we had a robust horticultural output, and all of this are on the back of favorable rainfall and, of course, the interventions that farmers made to ensure that they adapt to the load shedding interruptions that we saw from the start of the year. Because it's not only that's happened out of the blue, the farmers did a lot of work also to make sure that uh, they are not heavily affected uh, by the load shedding, particularly in these value chains of crops as well as a field crop, which as well as a horticulture, which is why you see numbers looking um, this way. So this is something that is good uh, for, for, for the sector. 
And of course, when we think about the path forward with all of the talks of an El Nino, but yet still the feeling that there may be good rainfalls up until March next year, one is hopeful that perhaps employment could be sustained at levels that are above the long-term average. The long-term average is about 793,000 tons. I think we will maintain employment above those levels for quite some time. I must emphasize, though, that the other thing that has contributed to this robust employment in the third quarter in particular this year is also the fact that the crop in South Africa was delayed we saw that planting did not start on time in the 2022-23 season because it was too wet in other areas so of course then the harvesting also was a bit delayed which is why by roughly a month which is why that instead of a second quarter showing robust employment you see um, in a quite a unique way the third quarter showing really some good job performance this is something that i think we could keep in the back of our mind but i think beyond these near-term uh, uh, employment uh, 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 job conditions that are quite favorable. One, we have to think about the long-term prospects of our sector. And there are challenges that uh, remain a threat to the long-term prospect. If you think about the inefficiencies in the ports, rising geopolitical tension, deterioration in rail and road infrastructure, weakening municipalities, rising crime, energy constraints. These are some of the challenges that remain a threat to the stability of the South African agricultural sector to say, if these are not uh, addressed, especially the issues that are within the policymakers reach, like particularly the, the inefficiencies in our network industries, these are things that I think could negatively influence the farm profitability and the job prospects in the medium to long term. So agriculture employed a number of South Africans. And I think to maintain this, we have to ensure that the sector performs reasonably well and we deal with all of the growth inhibiting factors that the sector confronts so that people can continue to enjoy good prospects um, in, the, in, the, in the sector. And the first step to deal with that, I would say it is exactly the agriculture and the agro-processing master plan, implementing that and uh, developing the value chains that are identified in the master plan and going head on with all of the growth inhibiting factors that the master plan uh, outlines so that we can see this sector continuing to perform is something that I think would be useful for long-term employment in the sector. But for the near term, the fears of El Nino, I think it's something that we can just keep it at the back of our minds. Yes, it's a risk, but I don't see it as an intense risk for reasons that I've made. I've said that uh, the prospects, it would be a mild one, good soil moisture, and there are also prospects that the rainfall may continue up until sometime next year, which will be supporting of our sector. And of course, I've talked a bit about this particular issue of an El Nino and the biosecurity in different segments of the podcast, which when you click in the description, in the profile of this podcast, you'll be able to find those segments. With that, folks, I think I should stop there. That's all I wanted to pack in for this week to focus just on this important and encouraging data. My name is Wandile Slobo. I'm an agricultural economist based in Pretoria, South Africa. You can read a bit about some of the things that I write in my blog. The link to the description of my, of, to, to my blog is in the description of this podcast. And of course, you can check out some of the work in the organization that I work for, which is the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa. Thanks for listening.